0: Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. And certainly, He is here. The Bible says that we can go nowhere that the Spirit of the Lord is not here or there, wherever you may be. He's with us every moment. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, God is always there. Because as he told Moses, I am. There's no yesterday, no today, no tomorrow. It's present all the time. I am. And certainly he's with us. But as we look at this day and hour, I want to bring a message this morning entitled When Light and Darkness Collide. How many of you are afraid of the darkness? Somebody raise their hand. (laughs) We always want the light, don't we? But there's people in the world that dwell in darkness, spiritually. But when light and darkness collide, something's going to take place. The way it was when you got saved, that was the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was the darkness of sin. And when they two came together, guess who won? Sure. Light. The Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 14, verses 1 through 12, if you want to turn there. When light and darkness collide... The Bible says, At that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus, and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John, and bound him, and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Isn't that what the world is doing today? Everything that they can to dance in front of the people just to get pleasure. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless for the oath's sake and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison, And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus, Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your blessings. And thank you, Lord, that we are living in the light, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was dark at one time until you saved our soul. And oh, what a difference light makes. But we see John the Baptist preaching about the light and Herod trying to do ever he could to quench that light. Lord, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts today and help us to understand that light and darkness will collide even in our own lives, in our church, in our community, in our state, in our nation, in our world. Save that one that's lost. Help them not to put it off any longer. Lord, we pray for your blessings, your words, your strength, your spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The struggle between darkness and light was never more apparent than between Herod and John the Baptist. John the Baptist came preaching before Jesus announced his ministry And then when Jesus came to John to be baptized, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God. But as you go a little further in that, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what I want you to see this morning. That light, the Lord Jesus Christ takes away the sin of the world. And there is that struggle. It's been that way ever since the Garden of Eden. In this struggle, we see the purity of heaven come into conflict with the evil of hell. Can you not see it there in the Garden? God said, do not partake of this fruit. That's the only thing that you cannot have. But the devil wasn't satisfied with that comment. Eve, it's okay. Don't you know that when you partake of that fruit, you're gonna live? Oh, how she was fooled. And oh, how many people today are fooled because the devil is strong. And he is trying to quench the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even here in this church, in this community, in this state, in this nation, in this world, Satan is trying his best to quench that light to keep people from coming to know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be a crisis in your life if you are lost. When you begin feeling that the Lord Jesus Christ wants you, the devil is going to step up his attacks on you to keep you from calling out, his name and believing in his word. We see the man of God, John the preacher and the ambassador of Satan, Herod, face to face. Sometime or another you will be face to face with the devil's emissaries, regardless of whoever it may be. You will come face to face. But aren't you glad, those who are Christians, that you have the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit within your heart, your life, your soul, directing you and helping you to understand just who it is that's attacking you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding is what the Bible says. Such a meeting will surely bring a crisis in the lives of both. And we see that in John, and also in Herod. The devil has no power over any Christian except it be given to him by God and that person. You remember Job? Righteous Job offered sacrifices for his children in case they had sinned. The devil didn't like it. He had a meeting with God one day. Take your protection away from Job and see what he does. Isn't that the same thing that he's doing to us today? But God will not remove his protection before us if we go astray, it's on our own initiative. It's because we forget what God has done for us, how he has changed our lives, how he has saved our soul, we forget that because we think the world has a little more to offer than what Jesus is giving to us. But post-eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven can't get any better. You may think so, but it does not. But the devil has no power over any Christian except it be given to him by God. And that power, and we see that in Job. Job stood... the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also another example, Samson, you remember him, who played around with sin and suffered the consequences of it? Standing there between those pillars, God, I know I was wrong. And God allowed his hair to begin to grow again. But in one mighty big shove, those pillars came down, and 3,000 souls, no doubt, went into hell. But one man, just like John, one man stood. And I'm admonishing you today, stand for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what the situation, no matter what you may be faced with, stand for the cause of Jesus Christ. You may be made fun of. Even your best friends may laugh and snicker at you. But stand for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we get into this message, we see Herod was warned of his sin. Look at verse 4 again. And John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. We see that in Leviticus chapter 20. It was not allowed. God said, Do not be guilty of this. But Herod married... Philip, his brother's wife. Like so many even today, Herod would not listen. And if you go on down in the scripture, Herodias didn't care. She headed out for John because of what John said, because of what John stood for. And she was going to get back at John, but the scripture says she couldn't do it. But eventually, it took a... Now, I don't know what the daughter was wearing, but what would excite Herod so much. Maybe she was scantily dressed. But it says that when she danced, oh, he got excited. I'll give you half of the kingdom. Just ask whatever. Little did Herod know what he was saying. He thought he was the ruler. He thought he was on top. But he quickly found out that he had been done in, as we say in today's language. It's not lawful for you to have her. That came from the Old Testament. The day of God's visitation in his life came to be. Can you imagine John? Now how was it they said he was dressed in his camel hair and a leather girdle? This preacher, uh, this this man, what does he know? Turns out he knew more than Herod did because John loved the Lord. Wanted to preach the gospel as the Lord told him to preach. Didn't matter who his audience was. He was going to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what and Herod didn't like it. Herodias didn't like it either. But as you go on over in the scripture, we see that Herod loved or liked what John was saying. Mark chapter 6, verse 20. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man, and holy and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. Now, can you see what's going on? At one point, heard the preacher gladly. He observed John. But what kept him from being more interested in the message of John. Three little words, sin. He loved where he was, he loved what he was doing, he loved it so much that he was not willing to give it up. I hope none of you, including myself, are in that position. I hope that we are not so engrossed in sin, so engrossed in just pretending to be a Christian that we don't do like Herod did. We're so engrossed in the world, in the things of the world, that we forget what the scripture tells us. Be ye holy for I am holy. Separate yourselves from the world. Don't don't let it be mentioned one time about you. But the day of God's visitation was coming in his life. But if Herod would just have listened, how would things have been different? If people today would just listen, how would their lives be different? All the sex traffic, all the drug traffic, all the alcohol traffic. traffic. If we would just simply listen, how would it be different in our lives today? We have a nation that's spending itself into oblivion and our politicians don't want to listen from both sides, I don't care what side you're on, but we better start listening to the word of God, God's representatives who are preaching the gospel, if this nation is going to stand much longer. God just might have sent this pandemic to get our attention. Folks, we need to be confessing our sins and coming back to him before it's everlasting too late. Herod needed to confess his sins, but he would not because of his position. And you see what happened. If we would just listen, how would it be different in our lives? Like so many today, he was too interested in what he wanted. In his life than what God wanted in his life. That's a problem we have with people today. We're more interested in what we want than what God wants. But Herod was warned of his sin and we also see Herod reforming through fear. Now it wasn't reforming to salvation. For John had said it's not lawful for thee. Not lawful. But he made a promise even with an oath not realizing what the outcome might be. The daughter Herodias came in and Strutting her stuff. (laughs) Forgive me the language, but that's today's language. And the Bible says John got so excited. He even made a promise, which was stupid. I'll give you to the half of my kingdom. Just name whatever you want. Even to the half of my kingdom, you shall have it. You ever been there? I hope not. You know anybody that's been there? Tell them about John and Herod. About Herodias' daughter. And what the outcome will be. But John said it's not lawful. But did that bother Herod? Not one bit. Folks that are so engrossed in sin today... When you begin to tell them about that sin, some of them, it just rolls off their back, goes in one ear and comes out the other. They're not interested. They're having too good a time. they man, they think they're blessed. But there will come a day of reckoning, just as it did in Herod's life. And it cost the preachers his life. Herod wanted to work out his own salvation. But he made a promise. I'll give you anything up to the half of my kingdom simply because he didn't want to be ridiculed. Because of the guests that were sitting there watching this dancing going on, Harriet had to keep his word, or he wouldn't have been worth anything in their sight. And so he sent for the executioners. I hope none of us ever get to that point, to where somebody else's opinions, other than the word of God, Persuades us to do such as John had done to him. Herod said, Go get the executioners. The pride of life came into play. Isn't that our problem today? Pride. Isn't that the problem of a lot of people today, is pride? But you know, in today's world, sense of sin is frequently followed with attempts at reformation. Well, I'll start going to church. and I'll start giving a little bit. I'll start praying a little bit. I'll start doing a little bit just enough to soothe my conscience. That's no good in God's eyes. God wants your total self. That's from the very beginning of God's word. God wants our total self. But the pride of life comes into play. The Bible says, let the wicked forsake his ways. And as we look at that, God continually pleads for the wicked to come home to him. He created us to serve him. But many people want to serve themselves today. But there's reformation through fear, and we see John, or Herod, was enslaved by the opinion of others. The voice of lust and sin gets the victory over the voice of conscience and of God. The Bible tells us in Mark 6 that sin is powerful. And the one behind sin is powerful, Satan. I told you the illustration in the garden about Eve. How long did she stand there and look at that fruit? Nobody knows. But no doubt Satan continued to come up to her and whisper in her ear, and don't you know that's good? Man you'll begin to live when you partake of that. God's told you a lie. For God had said the day you partake of it you shall surely die. But Satan changed all that and said the day you do you'll just begin to live. Isn't that the same thing that Satan doing to us today? Oh, just get out there and live. Get out there and live it up. Live the high life. You'll have time to come and repent. Just, just leave it up. But Herod was enslaved by the opinion of others. And by one rash act, he quenches the light of the heavenly message in his own soul. What a tragedy. The Bible says in verse 9 that the king was sorry. The king was sorry. But in verse 26 of Mark 6, it says, And the king was exceeding sorry that he had made such a statement. One little act quenches the light of the heavenly message. He refuses to hear the divine warning. You remember the rich man in Luke 16? Fared sumptuously every day and there was that little beggar named Lazarus at his gate. The rich man would come out his gate every day and see Lazarus there. Did he ever give him anything? The Bible doesn't tell us. But the Bible says by and by Lazarus died and the angels carried him into promised land. What does it say about the rich man? It just simply says he died and was buried. But that wasn't the end. In hell he lifted up his eyes and he saw Lazarus out there. Father, send Lazarus down here with a drop of water. One little drop of water is all he wanted. He didn't say anything about sending somebody to tell me about the Lord Jesus Christ because after death you have no second chance. But he was requesting just one little drop of water because my tongue sure is hot and dry. What a sad story. You remember Cain? He got upset at Abel, his brother. Because Abel brought a sacrifice acceptable unto God and Cain brought his garden stuff. Now what was the difference? One was a blood sacrifice from that little lamb. The other was what we want to bring. Cain didn't like it. So out in the field one day, he slew his brother. God came to Cain and said, Where's your brother? I don't know. Am I brought my brother's keeper? Wait a minute now, King. I hear the voice of his blood that was shed. And that what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary's cross. Do you hear that voice of a loving savior saying, "Come to me, and I will give you rest." Come to me and I will save your soul. Come to me and I'll have you just like John the Baptist preaching the gospel wherever I send you. But so many people are refusing that blood. They are refusing the voice of God. Refusing to listen when God calls. And I'm afraid this nation is going down that road quicker than anything I've ever seen. They're refusing to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Refusing to accept the spilt blood of Jesus Christ there on Calvary's cross. Blood that's able to forgive, to cover, and to cleanse ever sin. Oh, in the company one keeps, are their opinions, pleasures, and associations our bond slaves or our masters? Folks, I hope this is the company you keep. I hope the one who gave us this word is your master. I hope as you read this, you can see what God has called you to do and wants you to do. And that one thing that stands out above everything else, I want you to be my witness in front of a lost and dying world Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. But in the company one keeps, are their opinions, pleasures, and associations our bond slaves, or your bond slaves, or our masters, or your masters? But John. Caught the blunt end of Herod. For the Bible says, for the oath's sake. And those which sat with him. Go get the executioner. Enslaved by the opinions of others. So many times that happens to people. So many times they refuse to hear the message from God. The word of God as it's written. Herod wouldn't listen to John. Herodias wouldn't listen to John. Her daughter would not listen to John. Herod, you made a statement. Now you're going to carry through with that statement? Or is it just another ploy? Folks, those of you that are Christians, are we going to carry through with our statement, yes, I know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, I am going to stand true for the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like John the Baptist did. He didn't back down. He didn't quit. But he preached the gospel right up until his death. And when the executioner brought that axe down, severed his head from his body, John went into everlasting peace and glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that's where every one of you are going today, into the everlasting glory and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you've got to make a decision here. After death, you're too late. You've got to recognize God today as your Savior, the forgiver of your sins, and our coming King. For God so loved the world, even Herod, but Herod wouldn't listen. Even Herodias, but Herodias wouldn't listen. Folks, all of you and all of those listening under the sound of my voice, I hope and pray that you listen today. And come to a loving Savior who is huge in forgiveness and his great love. This world can't offer you that. It won't offer you that. But Jesus Christ gives it freely to all who will come. God so loved the world. If you're here and you're lost today, let me invite you to come to a loving Savior, a one who can forgive you, a mighty king who's one day coming back for his church not to be bored in heaven but to live eternally with our wonderful Savior doing what he wants us to do. Let me invite you to come. You may be here today and you're really not living for the Lord as you need to be. But well, this invitation is for you also. Lord, help me to step up. Help me to accept my responsibilities that you've given to me. And help me to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we may go. John, do you regret? Absolutely not would be his answer. Harold Joplin, do you regret? Absolutely not. Because I know what God did for me and where he brought me from and where he is promising or has promised to take me. So with you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Lean not into your own understanding. And I'll give you peace. I'll give you rest. I'll give you eternal life. That's a promise made by none other than God himself. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And what he did for us. And Lord for those that need to make decisions for you today I pray that you'd strengthen them and help them to make that decision for you Receive the glory In Jesus name we pray Thank you for listening Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio